I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. In a world where information overload can cloud judgment, one platform stands out in the intelligence landscape. Meet Fivecast, the future of data-driven decision-making. Fivecast is not just software. It's your strategic advantage. Using advanced analytics, it turns vast amounts of data into actionable insights, ensuring that security and defense professionals stay ahead of the curve. From identifying threats to predicting trends, Fivecast empowers you with the intelligence you need when you need it. Trusted by global organizations, it's the tool for those who refuse to settle for the ordinary. Are you ready to transform your data into decisive action? Visit Fivecast.com now and step into a world of clarity and foresight. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Software Radio, special operations military news, and straight talk with the guys in the community. Hi, welcome to another wonderful episode of Software Radio. I'm your host, Rad, as always, and it's another beautiful year. We're in the year 2024, and we've made it all the way this far. I just want to say thank you, and I couldn't have done it without you listening. You know, you guys go to the merch store, which is at softrep.com forward slash merch, and we've got new stuff coming in all the time, and we just really appreciate you buying our branded items, you know, with Softrep, Softrep Radio, and just keep doing that. Totally stoked. The other thing is our book club. We're totally pushing that full steam ahead. We have a lot of quality books inside of our book club, so if you'll please go to softrep.com forward slash book hyphen club, you will... Check out our book club. Get involved. You know, Brandon Webb is just putting a great library together for you to enjoy. So go and check it out. Now, a lot of times I have people on who have been there, you know, served in the military. I have today a special guest who works in the private sector. Okay. And uh, Abby, we'll refer to her as Abigail, or we'll go with Abby. Abby, we'll say Abby. We'll keep the last name to D. She's a military brat. Her father was military. She's worked private sector, master's degree in public policy from University of Virginia. So she's got creds on what we're about to talk about. We're going to get into national security, talking about, you know, company like Fivecast, which she has currently transitioned into to work with. And so I just want to welcome you to the show, Abby. Welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I really like hearing about the book club. I'm going to have to check that out. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good time. I mean, if you like to read a book and you want to read, and I encourage everyone to read all books, banned books, any book, just pick up a book and read a book. It's good for the brain. It's a, you know, it's like a gym. You go to the gym for your body. You need to work your brain. You know, my daughter in math class was like, why do I have to do this hard math? It's like, what in your business, dad, do I use this math for? And I asked her teacher at her parent teacher conference and she said, Rad, it's not so much that the math is used every day. It's that it's using your brain to figure out the math. And I was like, oh, touche, touche. <laughs> so 
let's use our brains. Okay. Let's, let's be that of this world. Let's be good stewards. And with that, Abby, you know, I mentioned that you're a military brat, you know, and uh, again, welcome to the show. What branch of the service was your family in? Yeah. So dad was army, just recently got out and yeah, I call myself an army brat, which basically just means I cling on to the coattails of my dad's service, but I just got the benefits of getting to move around and getting to see and experience a lot of different things that I don't think the average person gets the chance to do. So got to live overseas, got to move around the country a lot. Uh, It was a really great experience. So yeah, grateful for that. Right. A lot of uh, gate guards saying, can I see your ID, ma'am? And you're like, right here, military coming through. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) Like this is my base. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's my base. I'm going to skateboard all over this place. You can't stop me. I got an ID card. You see this? (laughs) (laughs) That was like a big moment in my young life. I'm like, oh, I'm finally old enough for the dependent ID. (laughs) Yeah. Like I remember going, we're going to get your picture now. 10, 11 years old. (laughs) But my mom and dad always held on to it. They're like, "Uh, yeah, we're going to hold on to that. He's like, actually, I don't trust you with it. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, my dad was in the army. He was a former Green Beret. That's his flag awesome. on the mantle above the fireplace. So when you're a military brat, I'm a military brat, there you, you go. know. And so it bonds us. I'm sure someone listening right now is a military brat. <laughs> you know, what do they call them over in England? They call them uh oh, they have a whole different name. I'll think about it here in just a minute. If if I don't remember, someone post up what the British call the military brats over there. They're like uh bunker brats. Bunker it's something brats. different. But anyways, so here you are and, you know, going where dad goes, right? Dad's serving the country, recently got out probably, like you said. And now you're how old when you decide that, you know, college is for you and you're going to chase this, uh, you know, public policy masters. How old were you? Did that just go straight from high school to, you know, to college? Straight, yeah, straight from high school into college. And I, yeah, probably the geekiest kid in high school. I was like, I don't even want to stay here for the full four years. I'm just going to leave high school at the end of my junior year, head straight to UVA. And then I really liked college. So I stayed there longer. I stayed there for five years and I got my master's. So I mm-hmm. hung around there so I could geek out a little bit. But I was interested in international affairs, foreign affairs. And I studied that as well as German. And then I got my master's in public policy through the Batten School, which is a fantastic program. And it really educates you on all the fundamental tools that you need to make policy. So you're talking about math earlier and you're like, when am I going to use this? You feel that way sometimes when you're in like the soft sciences and the bad school was like, no, 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 you still have to maintain all of these hard skills because you're going to need them when you actually get to the policy making. So I really liked the program. It was super cool. Right. A lot of uh, gym therapy for your brain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lot of gym therapy. Can't I use my Texas Instruments calculator right now? Do I really have to do this? Yes, yes, just do it. It was Just struggle to do it, right? (laughs) Yeah, just get it done because you're so proud of yourself for finishing your schooling. I can see it already in your smile. You're like, five years college was chill. It is a little bit different than going through the high school phases. But as someone who's in the military and you're moving around, your schooling probably was broken up here Mm -hmm. and there. Friendships were broken up and now you're this place and now you're that place. So really, it's commendable to you know, move through that process and get your degree. So congratulations on that. Now, thank you. Did you go straight to where you're at from 
college? How did you wind up at Fivecast, right? We're going to talk yeah. about Fivecast because it's a pretty uh, interesting company that you're with. And they're also a huge, huge supporter of SoftRep. I'm not going to lie about that, okay? You guys <laughs> have been supporting us and on board and the ship and we row it together. And so I was like, why don't we just have you on, Abby? Tell us all about it, right? It's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> don't hide. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were super excited to be involved with you guys and, and get the chance to to support you all. And then, of course, if I get a chance to to talk in front of a bunch of people, that's always fun. So I wanted to jump on yes. that. But I pretty much since I graduated from UVA, I've been in and supporting the national security space. I think the whole time I was studying, I was interested in diplomacy and national security and I left thinking I was going to be some sort of policymaker or involved in supporting policymaking. And I actually left and I was, was waiting for a job and I started an internship and I got to do some really neat work with open source intelligence in that internship. And it sort of ruined me for any other career. I was like, this is the coolest thing since sliced bread. I get to actually work with intelligence. I get to actually support people who are working, living, breathing the mission, and I can make yeah. a difference. And I'm, I'm looking at, you know, real life data here. I'm not just writing about the theory of it, which is what policy felt like to me. And uh, so ever since I stepped out of academia and started working as soon as I got a taste of working with intelligence, solving those real world problems and actually feeding people information that could help them make the right decision, I didn't want to do anything else. So I've been doing open source intelligence in the private sector since I left school. I've been doing that for quite a while now. And I've primarily been working in the technology portion of open source intelligence. So I've had the unique opportunity of not only collecting intelligence, but actually supporting the technology that helps analysts access data, interpret data, and ultimately get to the assessments that they're making. So I've always been kind of on the tech side of things, which has been really interesting, kind of a different different side of OSINT that I think most people see. Right, and so with OSINT, you know, Okay, so open source intelligence, right? I hear that. I, I've, I talk to a lot of guests that are into human, you know, human intelligence, right? Yeah. They're going after all these different acronyms, right? And, and OSINT. So what is it exactly and how is it used and why is it important in, in the job that you're doing for, you know, over, uh, for this? Tell me. Yeah, so open source intelligence, you actually just asked a question that's kind of a hot debate among the community Mm -hmm. of OSINT Mm -hmm. because defining (laughs) it has become pretty challenging in the past 10 years or so. But OSINT, open source intelligence, is all about the intelligence assessment of publicly available information. And publicly available information is anything that is readily publicly accessible data to the average person. And publicly available information nowadays is largely consumed through the internet. So you see a lot of people conflating open source intelligence with just the internet. So you see a lot of OSINT analysts are really just tasked with getting their arms around the entirety of the internet, which is really challenging and basically impossible. 
And then not to mention that it includes things like publications like this, like a podcast or uh, a broadcast, news media, hard copy paper publications of data or information. So yeah, OSINT is anything that someone without specialized access could get their arms around or could get access to. And nowadays it's just conflating with digital intelligence, really. So let's, what's hot right now where everybody has captured themselves, you know, going after like the Capitol uh, on January 6th and they filmed themselves <laughs> and then they uploaded that yep. themselves. So that would be OSINT where it's like public domain info yeah. of what you want. They're like, thank you. are like, Hey, there it is. Thanks for filming <laughs> you going through the Capitol and yeah. putting it up on the internet. Yeah. And now it's public domain and you can just filter it and just, and that's how they're, I mean, really, I can imagine that's just one example. Yeah, that's one example of, of publicly available information. And I think one of the biggest difficulties in open source intelligence is trying to communicate how valuable it can be. So you kind of hit the nail on the head like, oh, that's an example of how I yeah. as insert agency or insert um, official could use open source intelligence. And we're seeing it nowadays um, with January 6th, uh, but also with the conflict in Ukraine that was actually able to support a lot of force protection and even just basic awareness of like order of battle going on in Ukraine. So understanding what units are operating in Ukraine, in Russia, what people are they saying, sending there, what resources do they have access to, that and now we're seeing it again in Israel and Gaza as well. There's a lot of information that's spreading throughout typically the internet that's spreading rapidly yep. through the internet and open Correct. source data and is providing critical insights to really anyone that's responsible for security, safety, or if you know they're part of the military, if there are military efforts in those spaces, they could benefit from those you know, real live pieces of data that might affect the decision making that they're making on the ground so right because i mean like you mean they showed the attack that happened in israel on october 7th was like on social media right right there was like this is what they came in on people had this yeah. the cameras out at the festivals and they were able to capture all of this intelligence right there real-time data and we want to believe it's the real-time data Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying that that situation is anything that didn't happen. I'm just saying that when you're taking these photos or you're seeing this uh, intelligence, that's where you have to come in and you have to start to like really play, like uh, you have to decipher it, right? I mean, like it could be put out there to be found. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Oh, now you have, now there's the narrative or it could be out there because it's organically real. Okay. Because yeah. somebody on a wave runner had their cell phone or GoPro when an explosion <laughs> happened. And then that's, you know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly right. Yeah, I, holy cow. Yeah, you know, I never really, you know, you know, we don't really think of it like we're putting ourselves out there so much to be investigated. <laughs> yeah, and I think, um, and getting into, you, you mentioned, you know, why did I end up at Fivecast? And yeah. it's because I've, I've worked in the space of ultimately protecting people for a really long time and, and helping people make good decisions in order to protect average citizens or global citizens, really. And open source data just plays such a unique role because essentially there's this plethora of data that everyone is capturing, sharing online. And right. to actually make use of it, you, you need to have 
either some sort of tradecraft or, or technical capability to help interpret that. And the reason I ended up at Fivecast is because Fivecast develops open source intelligence solutions. And and one of my former jobs, I was responsible for evaluating open source tooling. And I actually, Fivecast came across my desk and I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. How does everyone not have this? Because all of the rapid decision-making and and all of this really important work that's being done to protect people and protect our country. I was like, what do you mean? This isn't in people's hands yet. That's actually how I ended up at Fivecast is I was supposed to be evaluating this tool, which I did. And I reached out to one of the co-founders. I was like, if you ever make it to the US, you tell me the second you make it there because I would love to work with this company. And I've been there ever since. Where's Fivecast? Where'd they come from? Australia? Yeah, yeah. Fivecast is headquartered in Adelaide, Australia. So, But yet they have a worldwide commitment to security, correct? Is that what yeah. I understand? They're, they... but worldwide commitment and we pretty uniquely service primarily the Five Eyes community. The Five Eyes community is uh, just kind of an intelligence partnership between a lot of English-speaking nations. So New Zealand, Australia, Canada, the UK, the US, you know, all of these countries, they fit into this space and they're sharing intelligence, they're sharing methods, techniques in order to protect one another. And we uniquely service that. So we have offices in Australia, in London, and in the US. So I'm based out of our Arlington office in Virginia. Did you ever get to go to London? I did. Yeah. They're they awesome. kind enough to send me there. <laughs> we love that. Yeah. yeah. You're so kind. Five cast. <laughs> I was like, thank <laughs> she you. She used to go cast. back. So kind. So kind. <laughs> yeah. I got to. Reunion in, tour. Yeah. I got to be involved in helping the UK team sort of get their feet under them as they were setting up the office, which was really neat. And uh, now they're, you know, fully functioning office. They're off and running, mm-hmm. which is super cool. And just this past year, I got the chance to head out to Australia as well and meet all these people that I've been working with for like four years that are developing all these really neat solutions. So yeah, I would say we we have a commitment to protecting global communities and we pretty uniquely are situated within the Five Eyes community, which is super important just from a partnership perspective. So yeah, that's it's a pretty exciting place to be. Let me ask this question. Who would use Fivecast? Like, who would you put five? Who would who would need Fivecast? Right? We're talking national security here, mm-hmm. but like, really, explain that to me. Yeah, Fivecast. So we have a couple of different solutions, but our primary users would be intelligence analysts and or investigators. So if you have some need. And this is how I pitch it to people who are just learning about podcasts for the first time. I tell them, do you care about people talking online? Do you care about what's being said online? Then you need Fivecast because we give you a unique tool to be able to access online communications and begin deciphering them in the context of either your next intelligence product or your next case that you're working on. So investigators, intelligence analysts, typically, but uh, we find ourselves in unique spots where someone just needs, they care about what is being said online from a security and threat perspective, and they need Fivecast. <laughs> and so they'd go find Fivecast at the website, Fivecast. Yeah. They'd go to Fivecast.com. They can right. check out our products there. 
let's talk a little bit more about this five cast. So would I be able to use five cast to see who's looking at my Instagram profile? So Fivecast is built for, and we actually have approved use cases. It's built for certain agencies, typically public agencies that have the authorities, legal authorities to look at data for security. So like an average person, me just curious about what's on social media, I wouldn't be able to use Fivecast. But if I have the mission to look at online data in order to understand a threat, in order to pick up certain risks, then I would be able to use Fivecast. So Fivecast is something that we set up for teams to use, typically intelligence or collection teams or investigative teams. So typically our users fall within defense, national security, law enforcement, private sector security entities. So there's a a lot of There's a lot of pressure placed on the private sector, too, to protect their supply chains, to protect um, their day-to-day operations, their employees. So we help with that as well. And of course, there are national security threats to private sector entities, right, from an insider threat perspective, from IP protection. That's intellectual property, right? Intellectual property. Is that what you're talking about? Mm -hmm. Exactly right. Okay. So. Anybody that falls kind of within those types of agencies would have the ability to use Fivecast. Mm-hmm. I see. I see. Okay. So, uh, wow, that's a cool company, cool place to work at. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they sent you to London. <laughs> SoftRep sends me to London. I can't <laughs> complain about that. Okay. Very kindly of you, Brandon and team. We go over there to do boxing each year. And then, you know, awesome. we had the great COVID yeah, and it kind of like nipped it in 2019. We were supposed to go over in 2020. Oh, wow. And then, uh, you know, we've done like three or four years of it up until from 2016 till then. And then COVID hit and kind of like just stopped the world. And everything's just starting to, you know, grease back to movement. You know, yeah. everything it's just like, <laughs> I mean, here in Utah, that's where I'm out of. It's, it's everybody's just trying to still, I think, shake it off. You know, mm-hmm. we have no... Not to quote Taylor Swift, but it's true. You know, it's like, can we just shake it off already? <laughs> Get back to functioning like we were, you know, going to concerts where we were just like right next to each other. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's starting to come back to the world. So I can only imagine that intelligence is just getting out of control as well with everybody just back to society. And, you know, all sorts of pings are going off on the internet uh, with, like you said, involving maybe Gaza and Israel and, you know, Iran and all of these different places. They got cell phones, they're posting stuff up and that's being read and watched, you know, it's, and in Ukraine, right? How many of these young kids in their twenties over there are fighting the war are tech savvy and they're just like using their drones and they're filming. Yeah. (laughs) It's getting uploaded. Exactly right. And I think you bring up an interesting point about specifically open source intelligence during COVID. Um, COVID lockdown, and and again, remember Fivecast and and OSINT, like if you care about people talking online, that's when you start caring about this. How did people connect and communicate and operate when they couldn't do it in person? They moved to digital spaces. They moved online. So OSINT actually became one of the most critical sources, in my opinion, because that's where people could communicate. That's where they could collaborate, um, especially like illicit activities. That's where a lot of 
their efforts were shifting. And if you didn't have some sort of ability to look into that, then you were missing and you had huge gaps in your intelligence products. So yeah, COVID <laughs> affected the intelligence space too. And it's affecting, oh, yeah. you know, what's going on in the world, obviously. But even just from like an analyst perspective, knowing where to look and what's going to affect your products or your investigations that you're conducting. Yeah, OSINT became kind of, it came into the center, I think, of where people realized they had to look is, oh, everyone's communicating online now. Not that they weren't doing so right. before, but it's especially important because they don't always have the means to do that in person. So yeah, OSINT <laughs> like went through some look transformations then too. <laughs> All the Zooms, right? Everybody started to do all these, uh, you know, like how we're doing these interviews. I used to be in a studio and it was oh, a mic'd yeah. up situation and had a guy in there that was producing and doing it all right there. And you'd come in and I'd have like three or four guests in a day mm-hmm. and you would come in and we do hour long episodes and then cut them, cut them, cut them. Oh, I'd wow. change my shirt, new day, change my shirt, new day, you know, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's changed to yeah. this type of dynamic where we're relying on the internet. And, and I'm glad I get to reach out and talk to somebody who is on the other side of the country or the world and, and connect. And I'm glad for this technology to be there. But mm-hmm. I remember people hacking the meetings that these companies had with their Oh, like their Zoom bombing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you got someone listening mm-hmm. in who has not signed a non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, Wow. You know, I mean, there's so much to think about that is going on. And I know I put myself out there, right? And you're, you're standing up in front of the microphone to put yourself out there right now. And, you know, we even discussed before the show, hey, if you don't want it out there on the internet, don't say it because it goes out there on the internet. I mean, this is real, right? And so yeah. my listener out there, if you don't want it said on the internet, don't say it on the internet because it'll stick. Yeah, exactly right. And I think, yeah, it- <laughs> open source intelligence, especially digital intelligence, right? Because we're we're talking about things that appear on the internet. Social media becomes pretty important in that space because that's how people are connecting, communicating, interacting, meeting new people, uh, learning about their interests. And ultimately, that's where a lot of really rich intelligence comes from. And I think when you start talking about social media and where that came about, which was what, early 20 teens, uh, a little bit before, there's been so many changes to how information is flowing. And I think around then nothing was moderated or understood. And there was really interesting stuff that people were like, oh, it's on social media. Nobody's ever going to see this. And uh, it turns out that, yeah, people will see that. And and sometimes it could be like a key piece of information for someone's security or safety or an operational decision that you're making on the ground around them. So, for example, you could find out where different terror groups were moving, operating, who they were getting resources from pretty early on. Groups are getting more savvy now in how they communicate, but that doesn't mean that it's not out there. And kind of Fivecast's whole mission and whole capability is about being able to get and access and interpret those spaces and those critical pieces of information where they're out there in the public domain. So yes, if it, to the general public, if you don't want something out there, don't say it. But if you're a criminal, please right. post because it's really great when I can, I can help. Well, don't they it. say criminals are dumb? Yeah. Because <laughs> you know, they're criminal. No, I mean, like they usually leave some type of like, you know, 
Shaggy and Scooby Doo clue. It's yeah. like it was the Mr. So and So at the amusement park. Look, you yeah. left the sandwich. You know, it's like you know they think they get away with it, or they get, or even this guy recently who they just attributed to like three missing women, even though he's dead. Technology today can go now and figure things out that it couldn't then, and give these women closure for this guy. You know, never having closure for the families, yeah. et cetera. It's like technology's just crazily expanding and with the world of AI out there, right? And, and, uh, that you guys have to be completely, you know, all these chat bots and all these different bots and all these different, like, Hey, tell me how to write a contract about renting boats. And it brings up like what you should have for a boat <laughs> rental, but you got to think the words that they're taking from all of that information, it's gathering the chat GP, these chat bots and all this AI is gathering all this information, just like a human would be doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think a human has, if, if you have only AI talking to AI, you know, it's not going to work. You have to have a human interaction to control the AI's flow of information. Otherwise AI is just going to repeat itself to itself. Right. And what do you think? Of that? <laughs> yeah, at some level, I think um, yeah. not so much with, chat GPT, I think uh, that's, oh man, that's a whole can of worms. We could probably talk about that for, for the whole session. We'll let New York Times handle that because they have yeah. something to say about that, that <laughs> but you it, know, right there. But you bring up AI and I think it's so important and it's something that at Fivecast, we have a whole team dedicated to just figuring out new and interesting ways to analyze data, to raise to the fore the most relevant content, right? The most important things that investigators and analysts would want to find in data. And the reason that AI is so critical is because the amount of data and the variety of ways it can appear online that we have nowadays and just the rate at which it's being generated You'll hear people talk about the three V's a lot in OSINT, so like velocity, variety, volume. Yeah, like the, that amount of data that's appearing. If you sat down a bunch of intelligence analysts and just said, you have to consume all the data, interpret all the data, and put out all these reports, they'd be stuck at stage one a lot of the times because they're just sitting there trying to find, you know, where is that one piece of data where criminal left that breadcrumb that you're talking about. They have to consume so much of that information to get to that point. And ultimately, analysts are hired because they have these giant brains and they're able to make these connections and able to make really critical assessments about why this information is important and why a decision makers should know about it. And you want their big brains working on that problem 90% mm -hmm. of the time, right? And unfortunately, I think a lot of the time, investigators, analysts are just sitting there like, how do I access all of this billions and billions of bits of data that exists out there? And they're stuck spending 90% of their time just trying to access the content. And unfortunately, it's trying to learn to make a macro to just push a button. Yeah. <laughs> I have a macro on my five cast. <laughs> I have a macro. I just hit it and it pulls yeah. it all up. I had to put it together, but it's just a one button macro. Right. And and that's yeah. why you see tools like Fivecast becoming so critical in this space because anal like not only are threats developing at this crazy rate, data's developing at this crazy rate, mm -hmm. criminals are getting smarter every single day. And if you can't consume data and make assessments at that same rate, you're gonna fall behind mm -hmm. at some level. So 
when we start introducing tools to automate things that the analyst is doing, and we start introducing AI to help the analyst arrive at the most relevant data for their assessments, I think you end up really getting to the point of a company like Fivecast, which is we build solutions to hyper-enable an analyst. We don't want to replace analysts. We don't want to replace investigators, intelligence officers. We want to give them the tooling so that that 90% of their time can be spent on the big brain stuff. You know, AI, talking to AI, you talked about ChatGPT, you talked about all these things. If you had, you know, computers doing everything, you'd miss this critical component of judgment and decision-making and being able to draw these really disparate relationships and conclusions that analysts are able to do uh, because of their expertise. All we want to do is we we don't want computers doing everything. We want to create solutions that makes their job as easy as possible and then lets them spend the majority of their time on the most important stuff, which is, okay, here's billions of pieces of data. Here's the 10 most important pieces of data for what I care about. And now what does this mean? And how do I communicate this to my leadership so that we can make important tactical, operational, strategic decisions? So, or solve our case or make an arrest, whatever it might be. So that's, yeah, you you hit the nail on the head. AI is just that and automation, I think, are all about the analysts at the end of the day. We just want them to be able to do their job best as they can. Right. How many of us have ever had like an auto email that left your like, you know, um, your name, your number, your hours, you're in the office, you know, at the bottom of, you know, your, uh, your you know, your sign, your signature. Yeah. I mean, it's just like we that's just like helps us to have to not type that. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like one less thing for me to type. I can just fill out the email, send it. And it's already pre-populated at the bottom. When I say macros, if, if, if my listener doesn't know what a macro is, it's like it's a shortcut. It's like a keystroke shortcut that somebody learned how to make a macro out of a program on the computer and they just hit the letter control F and it like does this whole spreadsheet and pulls in all of this data that they spent some time to build. But now it's because they don't want to have to keep doing that same thing over and over and over and over again. It becomes redundant and monotonous. And then you start to like, I don't want to do this no more. I wish there was a faster way. And then that macro, which would be Fivecast is your macro in those agencies. I would think that you guys would be the macro button that an agency would want to reach out to and say, hey, can you come help us? And then you guys have all the people who make the macros, (laughs) if you will, you know, these shortcuts and these spreadsheets and these algorithms and uh, aggregate things in meetings and, uh, you know, have all these whiteboard conversations about (laughs) hopefully I'm just assuming. Right. And so, yeah, sounds like you guys are the kind of I don't know. I like that. The macro makers of OSINT. That's five casts. That's five casts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you want a simple way. Yeah. You want to have a auto reply on your email that you're on vacation or you want to reply every single time. Yeah. And I think something that really drew me to five casts is that you talked about like, you know, these whiteboard conversations and trying to solve the problem of, I don't want to do this no more, (laughs) like the signature. The reason I really enjoyed Fivecast is it's a company of people who are doing that every single day. They're like, what what are our analysts struggling with today? What do they have to do over and over and over again that we can save them time from doing? Or what is this really challenging piece of data that they can't even access unless they have some sort of solution? Or what's this really challenging bit of analysis that they want to do? And it's not possible 
unless there's a tool to help them do it. We have a whole team, like the majority of Fivecast is made up of engineers, data scientists, just doing that, the macro making that you described. Yeah, right. They're just no, sitting I, there. I believe it. Like, uh, you know, my role, I'm a tradecraft advisor. I, I lead our tradecraft team in the U.S. And I like to think of us as just communicating the really cool things that our data scientists and our developers are doing day in, day out. And that that is, they, they're just sitting there scratching their head about what is making the analyst sick today. And <laughs> let's try and remove that from their day-to-day tasks. So, um, yeah, that's that's a lot of what Fivecast does how to make it better and better and better because mm-hmm. they get it to a simplistic way mm-hmm. to figure things out. And then how do they make that even more simplistic and how do they make that even more, you know, integrated with another feature that can just pull in that data to maybe give you three of the things you need in one macro mm-hmm. button versus the one macro. I love that concept of just the growth and you guys have an ever-changing, evolving yeah. mindset, right? It's it, You have to. Everybody's like working and just getting it done and trying to figure out what analysts need. Mm-hmm. So you guys have to have like probably former detectives and like analysts working for you to like give you this insight, right? You guys are like, it can't just be me, ex-skateboarder, snowboarder, <laughs> like let's do analyst stuff. Right. I mean, I could. I'm sure you'd bring a fresh perspective. TV. Yeah. I would. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just think about the gum, the bubble gum. It was the bubble gum, right? I saw Colombo. That's actually my team. So the Tradecraft team at Fivecast is entirely comprised of former open source intelligence specialists, former intelligence analysts, former investigators. So our team sits in the function of trying to help our end users get the most value out of these products and then helping our engineers and data scientists understand what's making the analysts and the investigators sick today. So again, we're chief communicators. Like our role is just helping make sense of the traditional challenges and the new novel challenges that are being faced in the open source intelligence space, but also in the analytical space so that our users can better leverage the five cast solutions, which are just helping them access that OSINT mm-hmm. in a better, more seamless way. And then also the developers, the, we sit and work with our developers. We had a meeting earlier this week where we just sit and brainstorm how to better map out a feature so that it is seamless and an analyst is not going to have to spend more of their time learning a new solution and a new way of doing things. It's the easy button. It's the macro. So we do a lot of that. And the reason we're employed to your point is we get it. We get what creates those headaches. We get what the analysts probably don't want to be doing. And if we don't understand, we get to sit and listen to them, tell us their headaches. And we have a special empathy for what they're going through. And then we can go champion those changes back to the developers and the data scientists. And sometimes it's really specific, like they need this data and they need it faster and they need it to look exactly like this. Sometimes it's very specific and I outline the challenge really clearly. And then other times I'm going back to the data scientists, for example, with a really novel question and they get to sit and just play with how to solve that problem, which I admire because it'll be something really huge. Like how do we better locate information campaigns spreading through social media. And our data scientists will say, 
let's just sit here and noodle on this for as long right. as we want until we come yeah. to a good solution. And, and we're actually rolling out a really cool feature shortly that's going to help uh, identify narratives spreading throughout certain online communities better so that mm-hmm. when we see dangerous things like misdisinformation, so the purposeful manipulation of online data or placement of false information, we're able to locate that because sometimes just as important as finding the critical piece of real information is finding the really important uh, fake information out there so we don't make decisions on that, right? So we're coming up with tools in that area too. And that's all thanks to asking some really big open-ended questions to our data scientists. Yeah, it's just wild because I'm just thinking of all these different things in my head as you're talking about like, you know, how everybody just leaves a trail everywhere they go of just intelligence that, you know, you may not think you're giving it, but somebody can gather it from your photo, the background that they wanted to see. And they're just like, hey, show me pictures of the mountains in Utah. There's like some algorithm that they just go and find photos of Utah and uh, next thing you know, you see these mountains and then it's just it's just like drilling it down onto what you want to find. And it's already out there, right? Mm-hmm. You can click on a picture. You can right click a picture and you can find the properties of a picture. Yeah. You can find that the picture's geolocation tag and people right. are just not even thinking. It's just right there. It's just right there. You know, <laughs> that's kind of second, I had some that's I had the somebody send of me, It's just right there. It's just right there. Yeah. <laughs> like like somebody sent me a picture, uh, they were sick and they sent me a COVID picture of their like test oh, and it yeah. had their a thumb holding the thing. And I was like, I wonder if that's their thumb holding the test strip, right? And I'm cool, we're funny about it. And this was a while ago. And so my buddy's like, Well, rad, check this out, man. And he hit the picture, put it in, it said, Show me this picture. He pulled up all these other same similar pictures of the same test Mm -hmm. with a thumb in it Mm -hmm. holding it and what we did was we just went with the same photo against all the other photos for the thumb and i was like dude if that thumb is in these photos i'm gonna be pissed because he's sending me a stock image covid (laughs) test watermarked (laughs) yeah bro i'm like wait a second you know because we're pretty easy going you know i'm like you're sick stay home you know come on i love you 90 percent love you 10 percent have to fire you you guys know that okay (laughs) All right. Trust but verify. They, yeah. Yeah. They 90% love me, but they 10% might have to quit. So we have this relationship dynamic at the shops where I work at. Okay. It's like we love each other, but there's a thing. We might have to do something to each other. So to keep it real and like, you know, professional. But again, man. Wow. But imagine like Yeah, that. I just thought, oh, hey, check out all my social media. Here, check it out. Here, we're playing war games out in the desert. Here, check out my tank. Check out all this stuff. It's like, bam, 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 bam. 20 years later, there's a diary of rad. <laughs> yeah, oh, all, wow. all available online. And I think, not, yeah. I mean, you're hitting on, you know, the part where sometimes what we're educating people on is look at this really scary stuff that we can do. So not only almost as like a red teaming exercise, we're like, here's what you don't want to do. Because here's what we were able to find. You know, sometimes we're educating on that angle of open source intelligence. And then other times where, yeah, we're sh- showing the shocking reality of... This is right here. You know, here, here's what's out here. And I actually, you just brought up something really cool that I think is unique about Fivecast is the ability to do media analytics at a really advanced rate and specifically doing image and logo detection. So that Hmm. scenario of what you described, something I can do is say there was a 
check that has been stolen and I need to see if there are any photos of this check appearing online. I can actually run collections against potential suspects and see if they've ever shared that photo or they've shared an instance of that type of concept. I don't even have to have the exact image. I can say, I'm looking for checks. Show me any time a check has popped up in here. And our advanced media analytics are going to help us get to that. And if you're ever scared, by the way, speaking of checks, uh, I think it was a recent New York Times article which talked about check washing. And don't, don't ever use paper checks anymore. I don't think most people do, but... It's a whole business online now to like steal checks and be, they can actually extract the ink off of them using variety of chemicals and they can now write in new amounts and they now have a blank check from whoever wrote it, which is pretty terrifying. But this has become a whole illicit business online. This has become something where people are coordinating, cooperating, collaborating online to do this at massive scales. And I just recently had to use Onyx to uncover these rings of folks that are doing this at a massive scale and figure out how Onyx can not only find these illicit communities that are collaborating and doing these things, but also how do I pick up on maybe specific pieces of evidence that I'm looking for if I want to extract that specific stolen check that I'm looking for, protect XYZ individual that reported it's stolen. We're we're trying to do it at, you know, kind of the macro scale of can I find this threat, but also the really tailored scale of I need this specific piece of evidence. And Onyx uh, unfortunately unveiled all of this stuff to me. So I've learned a lot about check. Wow. uh, And all of all of that online. But yeah, image analytics are so critical because I think something we would see earlier in OSINT is people are really reliant on keyword detection. I'm sure if you were to look for something or if the average person were to look for something, they'd go to Google and they type in keywords. That has been obviously made a little bit more advanced, but people still really rely on keyword searching. I think something I love about Onyx is that because evidence nowadays sits in pictures, TikTok videos, you know, things like that. We need to move into that space of being able to pick up on threats in other types of media, if you will. So yeah, there's illicit groups and how they're using TikTok videos <laughs> to, to share evidence of check washing. That's like just one small example of how we've automated a lot of this stuff. So not only can you pick up on the crime, but you can start putting that into your cases and using it to to stop people from stealing checks and <laughs> making them into blank checks. Some of these musicians are out there showing all of this, like, I got cash, I got cars, I got this, I got that. And then, you know, they're putting it out there and they're putting it out there and they're either like being attacked or robbed for yeah. so showing off all of their, their stuff. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, you know, walking with a $5 million necklace somebody's itching for that yeah. or they're uh, getting in trouble and indicted for, you know, running gangs and, <laughs> yeah. and they think that their rap career just took off, but they were showing all this other stuff. And I'm just saying it's out there on the internet and people are just, you know, grabbing it and just saying, this is, you know, all the rap songs you sang about all these crimes that happened at the same time that you wrote these rap songs and you put them all out there. Yeah. These are this, that's an actual story going on. I, I don't know the full details of it, but he, this, this rapper's indicted out of Atlanta. So it's like 98 indictments. I don't want none of that. No, no thank you. And, you know, but think something, yeah, I, I walk a fine line because I'm like, yeah, do people don't 
be very careful about what you post online. But if you happen to be doing something illicit, don't just share everything. <laughs> like, yeah, go right ahead. Yeah, I'm not trying to. My list. It's not my listener. No, yeah. <laughs> none of your listeners will fall to that group. No, they but, don't post nothing up on the. No, they don't incriminate themselves. No, no, ever, no. Right. But I think yeah. like you break something interesting because another new trending topic in OSINT nowadays is, and you bring up an important example of it. There are a couple of reasons why people use social media. One of them is to connect, communicate. So from a criminal mm-hmm. perspective you know, you can leverage that reliance in social media to find a criminal network. Another reason is they are running an illicit business and for a business, you need customers. How are you going to connect with customers? Everybody's communicating online nowadays, right? So you're going to need to do that. Another reason people use social media is to brag. It's for the validation. It's (laughs) people just want to post things and feel really good about themselves. And you can rely on that habit when you're thinking of, folks maybe leaving behind evidence of, you know, maybe those funds weren't realistic for you to have as a mm-hmm. public service employee <laughs> or right. if you're investigating somebody for fraud. People leave behind Doesn't everybody carry like a that. Birkin bag on a on a government jet. Yeah, what's going <laughs> you on? You know, and take pictures of that, you know, and put it online. Hey, doesn't yeah. everybody isn't that a normal thing? Yeah. You're totally right. It's like out there. You like just incriminated yourself. Yeah. And of course, like you're only getting looked at if there's some reasonable suspicion in the first place. But and so you'd think, you know, somebody who is doing criminal activities, you think they would clean up that online footprint. But no, like even even if they know like they've been arrested for or charged with or whatever, a lot of times you can still go to their online footprint and see just litters of evidence for whatever they've been charged with. So in that sense, OSINT is great uh, because it's a cheap, effective Jeez. way to find evidence, to find that intelligence. It's going to help you make a decision. And it doesn't take what, like curating a human source, you know, it doesn't take like sure. putting boots on the ground to figure that out. You know, it takes a quick search online. And uh, Man, I'm just thinking totally about this Google thing that just. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I got this Google thing. It's like, oh, uh, you didn't update google missed an update of your travels yesterday and i was like what <laughs> and, and i know i'm a google guide okay and this yeah. isn't like a promotion for them i'm just like oh damn dude i'm tracked everywhere i go if i go into this restaurant it's like hey you're there will you post up a picture of what you're eating and i'm yeah. like yeah for sure and i post it you know and you know 11 million views later <laughs> you know there's where rad ate at the time i ate whose hands were in the photo, maybe my wife's or a friend's, and it can just start to be broken down right there. But I'm just trying to, I'm thinking of it innocently, you know, but at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's the internet, man. We got to watch what we're doing. You got to be careful. But in that sense, like, I think one of the best ways to train folks on open source intelligence, specifically social media, and mm. it actually has its own name now, uh, Sockment Social Media Intelligence. Oh, really? I bet people couldn't have predicted that. that was a thing. Sockment. Sockment. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Sock it to me. Yeah, so, so that's its own thing now. And yeah. one of the best educators is just reflecting like you are now, like, how am I using all of these tools yeah. and online platforms and ways to communicate and connect, which are all built you know, to help people. They're all built to help people communicate, collaborate, all these, you know, innocent, perfectly lovely things. But if you reflect on it and you think, okay, if I was a bad person, 
I'm mm-hmm. either still doing those things because I still have friends and I still want to talk to people and yep. I'm just doing that and that might give me critical evidence. But also if I'm an illicit actor, those tools can serve illicit purposes if I manipulate them slightly. So like going back to that tech example, you know, when I was right. investigating check washing, you know, they wanted to sell these checks that they've been stealing from the mail. They ultimately need to sell them. How are you going to sell them? Like, what are you going to go house to house, like right. offering illicit checks? Like, what are you going to do? No, you're going to go online and people suspect that this is going to be in the dark web, which sometimes it is, but it doesn't No, That's not where the majority of your business is going to sit. The majority of folks don't use the dark web. They're going to go to social media where a lot of folks are. They're going to use really clear hashtags. They're going to use really clear photos and they're going to try and hide themselves a little bit, but they still want to make their business. They still want to build their business. And, right. you know, I, I'm using a law enforcement type example, but the same goes for our, you know, our listeners are likely from the defense space, you know, same goes for if, you know, you are looking for evidence of true movement. If you are looking for evidence of certain, you know, weapons capabilities in, in a region, those same photos are either being captured by just an average person who happened to see it and thought right. it looked really cool and they wanted to share that photo with their friends or unintentionally that is being captured by maybe people assisting with the troop movement or assisting with the resource movement. We saw that a lot with Russian troop movement where you have soldiers like taking selfies and posting them online. And you have, you even see that in their attempt to inform and, and gather awareness, like with specifically Gaza, you saw Hamas, they spurned out a whole bunch of telegram channels and they want people to know where their successful strikes were. They want people to know where they were looking to actively attack. They wanted people to know where their tunnels were <laughs> that were enabling them to get around and perform really horrific things. I think, you know, those same principles of just wanting to gather support or wanting to gain awareness, uh, which is how you know social media is used for positive things, it's going to be used by illicit or threat actors as well. And so that really, that act of you just reflecting on, oh, I posted that, you know, Google review the other day, you know, that's even just doing that. That's what OSINT analysts are doing all the time. They're like how just reflecting back on how maybe they use it, how they've seen social media used positively and thinking, how could that be manipulated in a really horrible way and seeing what information you can find? You know, I uh, work outside of a base, a military air base, and all day I see jets and in my whole life I've been seeing these same jets different aircraft all the time and I love it and and I'm a photographer so I have my social media and I'm like you know oh they're, they're flying but the other like one of the other days I heard this just like really heavy plane taking off not normal sound right and I went outside opened up my double doors and I look right up there and it's huge and it's big and I've never seen the name and I was filming it with my social media my Instagram and I was like hey who knows what this is and uh and I, I didn't even know it was, it seemed like a foreign plane. And someone's like, Oh, rad, that plane is going to Ukraine flying from this. And it's this model and it's this make, and here's its uh, itinerary flight path. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> uh, I was just trying to show something fun and something cool <laughs> that I don't usually see. Yeah. But then I stopped and thought about it after I got that from him and I stopped posting those photos. Thank you. Or, or those uh, videos. <laughs> yeah. 
But I still video the F-35s because everybody knows we got F-35s and they do the little loop-de-loops. But I sat back for a second and I just said to myself, well, if this dude who I don't know (laughs) can show me the make, model, and VIN number of this aircraft that Mm -hmm. I didn't know and the flight path, well, then what else are they watching on me when I post up? Yeah. You know, am I – you know, and so loose lips sink ships. So I took it upon myself to just try not to photo – the crazy. I'll look at it with my own eyes. Right? <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the view for yourself. And then <laughs> that's but all that. the aliens that fly the F-35s, man, I'm going to film you all day because you're all a bunch of aliens flying around my shop. I don't even know. <laughs> like they sit there and they're like in this, they fly straight and then they just go like this and they're just like, their engines are down and they're flying slowly in front of us. You know, you know, you grew up on a base. <laughs> tell you what. You raise a good point too. Like again, like OSINT, I think when we talk about it, it ends up, we end up taking the role of, you know, educating folks on how they can better find, you know, intelligence or information, whether that's for a case or for an intelligence product. But then also it's like the scare tactic of if we're able to do this for bad people, now you know what to avoid personally. Like it's it's a good exercise. And for you, it took that comment or that bit of feedback from someone where you're like, wait a minute, I don't want to just hand that out to everybody publicly. Right. So yeah, like be careful. Even like things that seem super innocuous, like sharing that you are somewhere uh like something that you would see quite a bit is if folks are deployed they they're they have their cell phones with them right. and they might post where they right. are and they might share a location don't do that and they do yeah. they do yeah they do they do i know there's protocols and they're like yeah. hey don't but i don't i don't know if they don't know how to stop their thumbs yeah and then you also have and the reason i know they exist for you know us folks but where I've been looking is looking at them for Iranian troops or Russian troops. You know, there are communities where they can join online and it's to share funny memes and to share photos of them playing with XYZ weapon. They are very helpful for me to figure out where these people are and what threat that might pose to us or coalition forces. But those same things exist for us troops and be very careful with what you're posting and for the most part 90% of people are but that like you said that one time when you share something and it could be important you you gotta be careful it seemed vital to me when I got that feedback I was like you know what Mm." yeah I was like oh shit pardon my French I was like you know I wish that you know I hadn't have filmed that aircraft (laughs) Hey, we live and we learn, but now you know. And, yeah, you know. Because I was like, well, if, if they people listening now also know, yeah. they're like, oh, me. And also, like, if you you know you work in the space, you work with either technology or capabilities that are so exciting, and it's right. really cool to see them, like you were describing. And you probably have a community who also thinks whatever it is is really cool and exciting, and you mm-hmm. want to share it by all means do that, but be careful, like maybe not to the public, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I tell my daughters and my kids, like, you know, the Instagram is more of a brand building content situation where if you have a business, it makes sense for you to be there to show your products Mm -hmm. and to show your brand and to be there just consistently. That is a brand. And if you're an individual civilian and you're just starting at 13, 15, 18 years old, and you're making your own name Mm -hmm. and you're building a brand of that name, so, you know, my name would, every picture I'd post is under my name, Rad. It's mm-hmm. like, that's the brand I'm putting out there. That's what I want you to see is underneath those, you know, it's just very, you're building a brand. And if you're a business, it makes sense. If you're not a business, you should think about it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's that's all I'm saying. It's a very good point, and I think, yeah, ultimately something like is I, I think our responsibility as people in the OSINT space is just acknowledging that dual role that we hold is because we deal with publicly available information. So important for us to have these conversations where you can say, hey, here's all those really cool things that we can locate and all the really awful things we can hopefully, you know, have a positive impact on, but also use it as an educating op- education opportunity where it's, you know, I call it a red team exercise, but like, yeah, what can I find about myself or my, you know, my team, right. my presence, whatever it is, and clean it up. It's not hard to do, like switch your account to private, you know, be judicious about what you're posting, be judicious about the context that you offer with what you post. See photos that you posted up, you know, you're like, oh, are those still up on the internet? Yeah. Where are they at? Take a look. You should find out. <laughs> yeah. Maybe go take them down, you know, get rid yeah. of them or fix it up a little bit, you know, clean yourself up. Like we shower every day, right? Mostly, most of us. <laughs> I try to. Come on. It's probably the same type of thing. Hygiene, right? We should be yeah. hygienic. About except for the bad guys, except for the bad Go right guys, ahead. but Just for them, dirty, dirty pig pen. Leave everything out there. That's <laughs> so helpful that's for right. me. I think like yes. that's always like just a great day when I come across like an account, a channel, something, whatever it is, where I'm investigating something that it, it could take a long time, right? When you're picking out a big yeah. problem, like you know fruit movement in XYZ location. I just love it when I come across an account with this guy who shares daily updates, videos. He tells me what it is I'm looking at. I'm like, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> you, know? you know, Double heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I was like, you've helped me a lot. So um, those oh, people bro, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, just keep it up. Keep it up. You know, and uh, it puts a whole other spin on I got five on it. You know, when you got five cast working with you, right? It's like, I got five <laughs> yeah, cast exactly. on it. There's no, no whole other spin to that uh, that term. And uh, uh, fivecast.com, is that how we would look you up if you're in the defense departments and in the industry and you're in the eyes of the world and uh, you want to, you know, reach out to Abby D. Abby okay? D. That's her, uh, <laughs> Abby D. You're going to have to find her through Fivecast. So <laughs> I have stolen an hour of her soul for you to hear about, uh, you know, what we just talked about, right? Our footprint, how she can read it. I just want to <laughs> let you know that. Like what I was saying is like, she's laughing because it's true. And so we... <laughs> We have to understand that because Fivecast is out there throwing a net looking for things that they need to look for. And, you know, people are living out there. So, hey, if you're in the industry, you know, of the Department of Defense and you're listening to this podcast, which you guys do, you write in. And so check out Fivecast. Hit them up. Tell them you heard it on SoftRep. That'd be cool. You know, give me a shout out. And yeah, right. And say you heard the Abby the Abby episode. <laughs> and uh, don't forget to uh, buy our merch at softrep.com. And that's at the merch shop. And don't forget the book club because it's softrep.com forward slash book hyphen club. I really love books. Like I got a lot of books like right right here in my desk. Don't even make me pull them out. So Abby, I think I'm going to wind us down after an hour of conversation. I just plugged the merch store, buy our merch and five cast, you know, trying to put a global net of security over the bad guys. Yeah, thanks for having me. I think this is a lot of fun to just sit and gab about, you know, why I do what I do and, you know, let me geek out a little bit on, you know, relating a lot of the stuff that we do for our users to, you know, the average person. I think that's really enjoyable. And yeah, if people have questions, feel free to reach out. Uh, I love geeking out about this clearly. I'll do it for hours on end. So 
you have questions, you want to chat, yeah, reach out to us or contact us via fivecast.com. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thanks so much. And this is Rad on behalf of Abby D and her five cast posse and me as soft rep saying peace. In a world where information overload can cloud judgment, one platform stands out in the intelligence landscape. Meet Fivecast, the future of data-driven decision-making. Fivecast is not just software. It's your strategic advantage. Using advanced analytics, it turns vast amounts of data into actionable insights, ensuring that security and defense professionals stay ahead of the curve. From identifying threats to predicting trends, Fivecast empowers you with the intelligence you need when you need it. Trusted by global organizations, it's the tool for those who refuse to settle for the ordinary. Are you ready to transform your data into decisive action? Visit fivecast.com now and step into a world of clarity and foresight. You've been listening to Soft Rep Radio. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.